Okay, speaking of go time, All it's right, go, go time. time. And All right, we're back. We are back. Okay, hold on. You say we're okay. For another surprise. Another surprise. <laughs> That's our new theme song. Okay. So for my surprise, it's gonna feel a little more intense. Sorry oh, about that. Oh gosh. Ooh, so I our staff at my school read a book together every year. And it's part of our staff meeting. Mm. And we press into each other. It's really important for our growth. And last year, we read the book, How to Be Unlucky by Joshua Gibbs. Awesome book. Mm. I highly recommend it. This year, he blew my mind. And when he said what the book was going to be and he pulled it out, I was like, God, you are hilarious. Are you ready? No. (laughs) The book that we are reading and my staff my staff meeting is Changes That Heal oh by Dr. Henry McLeod. <gasps> wow. wow. And. Because you just read that. I read Boundaries. Or maybe I did read Changes That Heal. I feel like it's one of those books that I could read every year. Yes. My mom reads it often and she gave me a copy, her copy actually, I think, of Changes That Heal. I haven't read it recently, but I have read it before. Dr. McLeod, he's got his... How is that a, cha- how is that a surprise Dr. challenge McLeod. for right now? So, okay. in the first chapter, the challenge that my head of school gave us, which was... Hold on, I gotta oh, deep cut. I gotta fix my pillow. It's falling. Okay. The challenge that we were given was Dr. Henry Cloud, I thought it was a Mick Cloud, but I guess it's just it's one cloud. Just yeah, a cloud. Just one cloud. Just when the bow is in the cloud. <laughs> okay. Anyway, he says that there are four basic changes that we need to lead. And if we do, and it changes in our lives, we can leave behind our anxiety and our feelings of inadequacy and enjoy God's healing promises and become more joy-filled. Four things that are God's characteristics that we can claim. Because there's some things we can't claim of God. Like we mm-hmm. cannot be omnipresent. We can't be omnipotent. omnipotent. I so wish I could be omnipresent. I know. Yeah. We can't be perfect or have perfect justice or n- know mm-hmm. all things, do all things. Okay. Mm-hmm. But these are four things. And my – yours was so nice. I'm feeling guilty. My challenge is <laughs> he challenged us. What of these four things do you feel is your biggest struggle? Okay. Because. Are you yes, going to tell us what the four yes, things are? Yes, of course I want to okay. tell. But I just want to sidebar <laughs> that. Are like, taking notes? No. Okay. I want to just sidebar that Rach, like she sends me um, texts that just keep going about her thoughts on things. <laughs> and one, which is good. I love them. Don't stop. But one of the things was how. As we've been doing this podcast now for almost two years, one of the things we're noticing is that we really like, we get the most feedback and people are happiest when we're talking about hard things that we just mm. have to, like, we go there with them. Yeah. And so that's mm. why I picked this. That's good. Like, it's good. I'm ready. So here are the four things. Okay. Connect more deeply with others. So bond, bonding with others. Mm-hmm. Separating from others in healthy ways. <clears throat> what about separating people from po- people in unhealthy ways? <laughs> uh, Can I get that under- one for 500? <laughs> what is Rachel? Okay. Understand 
the good and bad in ourselves and others grow in greater emotional and spiritual maturity. Oof, right off the bat, I'm going to have to say all four are equally I know, as I horrible know for me. I, well, I don't even know where to start. I would say, what was the first one? First off, we all struggle in these because we, we can't do them. These are God's characteristics. Like God oh, knows okay. how to connect. As my son would say, facts. Right. Connect <laughs> deeply with us. Okay. God knows how to separate in healthy ways. God yeah. can understand the good and bad in our others. Like he sees our sin and still loves us. Like he can separate mm-hmm. those things. And he's obviously perfect in his growing. So when we allow ourselves, what he's saying is when we make these changes in our lives, when we understand these characteristics and we see them in ourselves and in others, creating mm-hmm. those boundaries and things like that, then we can leave behind our anxiety. Like you can't not have anxiety if you don't know how to do these things or know, understand Mm. how to do them well and strive for them or recognize when you're not doing them well. And he got this somehow from the book Changes That Heal? This is from the book Changes of Heal. This is the introduction. I'll have to read that again. So connect more deeply with others. Okay. Separate from others in healthy ways. Mm -hmm. Understand the good and the bad in ourselves and others grow into greater emotional and spiritual maturity so this that is from the wow that is a the last three i would say are all in contention for the worst or the most struggle i feel like the first one i can connect with people deeply here's the better one here's a better one they don't want to know me that deeply and i I keep chasing them down no i don't think that is true um easier way of seeing things bonding like a simpler than he said it okay bonding bonding with others separating with others sorting good and bad and then i don't know how they simplify number four because it won't let me see it so sorting good and bad like Uh characteristics yeah and growing in maturity in grace and truth oh man for sure, all the three of them. I feel like I'm really good at being able to go deeper with people. Yeah, you are. But then that sometimes leads to a bad separation where I cut and run and burn the ship down, uh, the old wooden ship to be specific. In your eye. <laughs> go listen to that episode if you haven't heard it. And then, uh, which also leads to me thinking about only the bad parts of them and not the good parts, which then leads me down more of a dark path than a good growing path. So I would say the last three for me are like super connected. And well, I'm I think what horrible. I hear you say is that you you go deep, but then you don't know how to separate. You don't have good boundaries once you're there. Like, so you don't understand. Mm-hmm. I am, mm-hmm. I want to be like perceived I want even myself to perceive myself as a loving person, but really I'm a very hateful person and I have a lot of anger issues and I'm really struggling with those right now. Mm. So now everybody knows, but like, Oh, I got a polo. I know. I was <laughs> venting. I now, love it. To be fair, you, I was still PMSing. I know. And that's the mm. thing. That's what I mean. Like that's why you have to have your 2% because you mm. can do that to me mm-hmm. and I can – because it's you, I go, okay, 
You know, I can filter it yeah. and hear what. So what I'm hearing you say is <laughs> this and this. I receive the rest. Take a nap. Eat some chocolate. Like I yeah. can let it go, but you, yeah. Right, but I would have lost a, a different friend had yes, I would have, treated her in that way. I know. I was literally just like, you know, this is what's happening and we're not doing this and we are doing this and screw everyone who doesn't agree with me and I don't even remember. what It was, it was my tone. It I was feel my like tone. it was, that was pretty good, accurate. Okay. It was pretty, accurate. It was pretty hostile sounding. I love you. And so, and you know, like I say about other people, there are reasons but not excuses. Mm-hmm. So there's reasons but that doesn't give me the excuse. And so I would say like the last three, which I'm just going to try to repeat so I remember this, is, well, the first one that I feel like I'm okay is going deeper, too deep, you're, you're, in yeah. fact. Like an open book. Oh, and that's what I meant. I was like, I f- remember in the last podcast, I was saying how like I felt for my whole life that I had to be the same exact version of myself with yes. everybody. And that it wasn't until I really, like that whole thing that I read about in the book of healing from hidden abuse where it said like you get to choose yes. how much of yourself you give to others and it's a gift it that is you're gift. giving away and you don't have to give the same version it's like i'm very very sweet loving kind doting mother i don't have to be that human to everyone's child i can be kind mine yours which are like my children. Yes. There's a few Same children piece. out there and you know who they are and they're my children. Like yeah. I will die for you. But everyone else, meh. hopefully their mothers are nearby because meh. Yeah, I will, meh. I will be protect kind, my child. But- I'll be kind, but I, you don't have to be that same. I'm not your mother. And the same thing goes for friendships where it's like I have a few really close friends who it's like I, they know too much. I don't have to be that version of myself. I don't myself mind knowing too much for, for everybody. And you know, we had a pastor's wife, sh- and she once told me that you don't ha- like you can te- treat some people like the Walmart greeter. So I was mm-hmm. going to a funeral, and I was seeing my biological father for the first time since I was like sixteen, and Parker was a baby, so I was almost thirty. So that's a long time, mm-hmm. and I was having anxiety attacks because. This was my biological father. What do I do? What do I do? And she said, you treat him like you treat the Walmart greeter. If the Walmart greeter says hello to you, you're not rude and do not say hello. But do you get in a car with a Walmart greeter? Mm. No. Mm-hmm. Do you do you tell the Walmart greeter about the intimacies of your struggles or your relationships? Mm-hmm. No. You talk about the weather. You thank him for this. You thank him for that. Right. Do you let the Walmart greeter hold your baby? No. Right. And it was it was Some that of us ki- have to be taught. But I had that. to be taught that. Me especially. Too. Yeah, me too. Me because too. I felt like mm-hmm. I my my job in life was to make everyone else happy. Yeah. So I would always set myself on fire. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. my other favorite quote. And you and I had different ways of setting ourselves on fire. Which looked different to the uh, to the naked eye, but, but it was the still same. the same it's thing. It's the same thing. And yeah. I think it was pretty much for the same reason, which is yes. like, well, I want you to be really cozy and comfortable right now in this weird, awkward moment. So I'm going to take all the abuse or the awkwardness internally 
and then say or do or be whatever the situation seems like it needs so that you are cozy, uh, which it's no wonder that you and I are both exhausted and struggling with anger issues. And uh, So yours reverted to anger. Mine reverts to um, like becoming almost catatonic. Mm-hmm. Like so, you you bond and then you you do you separate yourself. Mm-hmm. You don't have a problem separating yourself. You cut. I cut and run, but I'm more like an Irish wake. Like I like where'd Amber go? Like or mm-hmm. I'll do um or the other thing I'll do I will I will murder myself to make that person love me. So I'll sacrifice even more of myself. So mm. I try to, so that's how I bond. So I think, I think we all, you're right. We all struggle with all of these pieces. So let's just go to each one and do it. Connecting more deeply with others. I think we do both do that in an unhealthy way where we're, yeah. we go too deep and then we try to. Too deep, ex- too quickly. Too quickly. Where it's not like. Or, yeah. um, we share too much with too many people that aren't yeah. necessarily safe. And then they yeah. use our words to hurt us yeah. instead of t- receiving it as a gift. Like when you share, like, you know, I can tease you about you sharing. Like, but when you rant at me, mm-hmm. that's a, I receive that as a gift because I know that you love me enough and you mm-hmm. feel safe enough mm-hmm. to say those things. Cause mm-hmm. I know you're not going to say those things to other people. And mm-hmm. I also can receive it. Like, you're saying those things because you really want to say it to this person and this person and this person and this person and this person. But you can't because you know that's the wrong choice, but you need to get it out. I do the exact same thing to you. Mm-hmm. When we were at Deer Wonder, we would go for walks and I would vent all the things. And you were like, oh, you can't. And I was like, I'm not saying them. That's why I'm saying them to you. Right. So you do not need to correct me on what I'm saying because I know what I'm saying is wrong. But I have to have them come out of my mouth. Right, right. Or – yeah. I'm going to come out at the wrong person uh-huh. and that's going to, and you're like, oh, got you. And so we would walk and we would do it for each other. Right. We would say, because sometimes you need, so I receive that as a gift. but I we, do too. But we but. can't do it with everybody. Right. And sometimes, for a long time, I did it for everybody. Yeah. I remember doing it when Peter and I were first getting married and I shared, I asked a question that, you know, just a question that I was asking married couples and this woman who's a saint, a saint was obviously going through some hard things in her own life. And I got it. Like she all of a sudden was like, well, how well do you two know each other? Like, I mean, it was like Hmm. I was fire hosed and really hurt by the things she was saying but then I went and I talked to Peter and he was like, oh, kind of look at what's going on in her life. And I saw that mm-hmm. some of her children were making bad mistakes and some of her. So she was saying the mm-hmm. things that she actually wanted to say to her children, but her children haven't asked her for her opinion. And I asked her something. So I got all her mm-hmm. venting onto me, mm-hmm. even though it wasn't for me. And I wasn't mature enough because I was 21 Mm-hmm. at the time, to filter that. So I was just like, oh, my gosh, she thinks Peter and I are going to have the worst marriage. No. those That was her. 
And that wasn't even probably an appropriate question to ask her. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, I didn't know her that well. She was just a woman that I knew from church. Or, I know. I've made so many literally countless, countless right. mistakes like that where I'm like, I'm sorry. You didn't really want to know that about me. Or even familiarity, I have a hard time with that. And so, like, I've made some very big mistakes that have cost me friendships even where I assumed that there was this level of vulnerability that was mutual mutual and very reciprocated. And it was actually just me being really immature and unknowingly divulging parts of my life and my honesty that I really thought this is making this friendship better when actually it was really hurting it and hurting others. And it was the reason why certain things were totally misunderstood or like even doing this podcast over the last two years has taught me that through you and Amy both where that's like there's there it really is levels to friendships like a marriage. A marriage is all in. Yep. You automatically you get married. That's your one percent. You better be honest with that person. Mm Mm-hmm. And trust them. Facts, as the kids say. And actually be an open book with them. But everybody else, it's kind of like there's a scale. and It's a bullseye. Exactly. And some cases it's a sliding scale where it's like you want to read the room first. Mm -hmm. You want to like get to know. That's why people will – even in a show, people will be like a a typical healthy response would be like, I don't – feel comfortable sharing that information with you yet I hardly know you like that's something you've heard in a show right my intuition tells me that that's mean yeah to say that's because you want to be loved and heard and wanted by everybody right by everybody so So if I fillet myself and and just throw myself out bleeding Mm. they'll come and rescue me but what you don't realize is that some people are buzzards and they're going to eat you alive yeah it's like sharks and chum if you if you let yourself go and you let you cut yourself open and you bleed out all your secrets in hopes of getting attention and love and reciprocation because that's actually what you're craving Mm -hmm. what sometimes sometimes you'll get that but more often than not you're going to get sharks right that's and that's good yeah. And that's that's really a hard thing to learn. It is. Especially and as an adult. It is. <laughs> as you're it's, trying to navigate just normal adulthood, yeah. which let's be honest, is hard. And being an adult is really hard because you need community. I think that's the thing. I think that our concept of community in church and togetherness has been broken down where it's like, you are, there's these two versions of yourself, your Instagram pretty version and then your real version. Mm. And Which is definitely not Instagram worthy. It's, and so it's, it's hard <laughs> because not everyone should see your raw, raw mm. side, not raw, raw, siskumba, but like your raw, real side. Mm-hmm. But also you should be more raw and real than you are Insta. Right. And so mm-hmm. learning those boundaries is so hard. Mm-hmm. It's so hard. And there's not a lot of talk about it. Like, mm-hmm. so that's connecting more deeply with others, knowing the proper time and place. And then if you have a sister 
or brother in Christ who is suffering and you could tell, or if you are suffering, finding someone to be real with, no one should suffer alone. Like mm-hmm. that almost killed me. That I almost agree. killed you. Yeah. You know, there was a point in my life where I was so afraid to share my truth with anyone because I just felt like, I mean, you did, I wouldn't even share it with you. Like it was so small. My circle Mm -hmm. was so small. My wagon was so tight. And honestly, there were no believers in my wagon at that time because I was Mm -hmm. actually terrified of how Mm -hmm. Christians were going to respond to my sin, my hardship, and that I was just going to be judged again because I had had bound bad boundaries before and I had to go to therapy and I worked through some things and then I started getting brave and letting it in and letting it in and mm-hmm. and working through those things but we have a bad rap mm-hmm. and part of that is reasonable and part of it is unreasonable because also if you are in a bad spot you do need community see how it's like that weird yeah like you need to be vulnerable and raw yep. but not with the right person but not with everybody yeah and but you shouldn't also be fake there's a difference between being not raw and fake you mean i mean just your every everyday interactions yeah i know which is hard when you're struggling with uh, anger or yeah. depression or whatever right. It's hard to be real because too much of that and you're like making everybody depressed around you. So you kind of have to feel like, well, I need to buoy myself when I like go pick up my kid and the in the line or I, when I drop my right. kid off and I run into other moms. Like I don't want to just be like a big gray cloud, you know, an Eeyore that's like walking around being like, hey, what's up? You know, I, what? <laughs> and I, I, that's not where I'm at at all, but I'm. It's it's kind of that internal – battle of like how real should I be right and and what does that really look like I think we that's a podcast that we should go into like Mm. how do you do not because you know me I'm anti-lobby talk like Mm -hmm. if you're not doing well but to me you know to me that means you should be creating relationships anyway in your church in your place so that no you don't tell the greeter maybe at the door you know Celia, who's 85 and who's passing out the bulletins, and she says, how are you? How's your husband? Well, we haven't had sex in two months, and things are really, we're really struggling. Like, no, Celia, who's 85, handing out the bulletins is probably not the right person, but there should be someone in that building that you have created a relationship with that you can say those hard things to. That you can ask for help. Yeah, and say, and go help. okay, yeah. hold on, me and my husband, are, you know, like, mm-hmm. so, totally. but you shouldn't just say to Cecilia, <laughs> I'm fine and everything's fine and yes, we're fine. That's right. what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. you need to, in those relationships, they have to be both pressing in. It has to be reciprocal. It can't yep. be you always being vulnerable and them never. It can't be, mm-hmm. it has to be a reciprocating transaction mm-hmm. and it has to be also a place where they, you know, they love you 100%. Our old pastor, Scott Daniel, used to say all the time, you are not allowed to say a hard thing to a person. If you see a sin in their life, you are not allowed to say that hard thing if they do not know you love them so much. Right. I agree. You don't get to just go up to someone and be like, yeah, you look like a really crappy parent. Mm-hmm. You how, this, how your children are behaving in the pews, it's completely unacceptable. Oh, 
do not. Right. I will find you. <laughs> the spirit, my spirit will come and I'll whisper in your ear, nay, nay, do not do that. Right. But if you see that parent who's struggling. That's also a whole other podcast. Yeah, it is. Do not judge. If you see a parent struggling <laughs> and you are interested, you get into their life. Mm-hmm. You walk with them You and you tell them, you how can I help you? How can I love you? How can I do this? Go to their house. Watch their kids. Press in. Read books to them so they can go take a shower. And then in a couple of weeks when that woman knows that you love her so much, you say, can I sit with you this week? And I'll hold Bobby while you hold Sally. And let's see if we can do this together. Mm-hmm. That's how you do it. Don't you feel like that is so rare these days because everyone it makes is me can you so... feel the tenor? I can feel the tenor of my voice go up when I talk about that. Well, it makes it gives me anxiety because I I love that, but I also get really overwhelmed and I'm tired. So like I for many, many years, you and I both were pressing in people. Yep. And you know, in church, at school, all the things in our communities really, really pressing in. And I am in a season right now of really falling back, like fall back. Yeah. <laughs> like well, in a rank. That's your season and that's okay. It is okay. But at the same time, and I can feel myself losing my train of thought, but like, and I, like at church, for example, I still serve in the cafe handing out coffees, but like, it's like, that's kind of, that's my level where I'm at right now. I can't even, I can't press it i can't be that number one person for anybody i can serve you coffee i can try to suggest something if you were like help me i'll I'll try to help you find the person who could help you yes you know what i mean but But you're not going to judge either see that's the difference you're in a different level of sanctification so Mm -hmm. if you saw a woman in a pew freaking out her kids freaking out Mm -hmm. you wouldn't think that woman's a bad mother you would think Mm -hmm. That's the difference. Do you see the difference? Like you yeah. would think, you would say, oh, that woman needs help. I'm going to go find her something. I can't be her mm-hmm. 1%. But you know what? This person mm-hmm. has gone through that. I'm going to introduce them and you bring them together. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. The difference is if you're not willing to ever press in, then you best not be judging. Yeah, and I would say that you had an exceptional experience oh, with a lot of people that, that did judge, just judge, judge you from yeah. the outside in and not help you. Not yeah, did. Sure. I think that's why I'm having a visceral response to that one. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. how you connect deeper. Mm-hmm. And then also knowing how to separate uh, from others in healthy ways. We just talked about that. Like you need to know it's, it's good stuff. You need to have boundaries. You need to know when it's okay to say, I am uninterested in this narrative. Mm-hmm. I was so cute. I want to tell, I have a funny story for this. That's because we're not taught this. We're not taught this very well. Right. We're taught that everything lasts forever and only gets better and better and better and easier and better and oh, stronger. so ridiculous. It's like, right. well, no. Except not. <laughs> so I had a car full of boys in my in my car. And they were talking about a, a person that they went to school with that had a hard personality and they were struggling with. And they were talking and talking and the justice was just, they were fired up and they were going to, bah, I'm going to say this. And I was just like, stop. And we actually, I actually role played with them of, okay, what's going on? Well, has this person said something? You know, like we kind of walked through it. And my sweet Thomas was like, mom, but every time we say something, this person just wants to debate it. If I said black, they're just going to say white. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay. And so 
let's try it. And so I, he said something to like spur on a debate. And I said, wow, thank you so much for your opinion. Hey, Ben, how's soccer going? I just grace stoned it, right? Like mm-hmm. I taught him how to do that. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh my word, you can do that? And I said, <laughs> you do not have to have conversations with people just because they come at you. That doesn't make you weak. It doesn't mean you're bad. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't know the answer. You can choose to engage in a conversation or disengage in a conversation. Mm-hmm. You should hear them because they're a human being and a creation of God. You need to be kind. You can hear the words that they're saying. Mm-hmm. And you can say, thank you for your opinion. I don't agree with that. And I'm unwilling to have that conversation with you. And then there are millions of things to talk about. Mm-hmm. That have nothing to do with that thing. You could talk about soccer. And if he continues to always want to just debate with you and not actually have a conversation, just say, we're going to talk about soccer now. Ben, how is your soccer game? Andy, how's swimming going? What do you like to do for sports? You can ask an open-ended question to this child, this human, and he that does not mm-hmm. have a debate with it. And because we don't teach our kids that. We teach them that if they give yeah. you an answer, if someone comes at you, you have to engage. No, you don't. And in our culture, you have to agree. Yes. No, you don't. No, you don't. Right. But you exactly. also don't need to be mean. Right. Because they were like, and then do we say shut up? And I was like, no. Because do you want him to yell shut up at you? Right. No. Yeah, then we still have to be kind. You mimic but... the behavior you want. Mm. People don't agree with me so often. That's okay. We don't have to talk about that thing because there's many other things that we can talk about. Mm-hmm. And and we have not, and that's separating from each other properly. We have not taught our children that skill. Mm-hmm. We haven't been taught that skill. Right. You do not have to engage. like. And you're not a horrible human if you don't get along with everybody. I, that's another thing that I have yes. had to learn as an adult where it's like, I don't really feel like I have anything in common with this person. I don't really have inter- interest in growing a relationship with them. That's okay. Yep. That doesn't mean you're That's a bad That's number human. three. Understanding the good and bad in others and in yourselves. That yeah. this person is obviously a, a good person. It might not even be good or bad. It might just be in some cases a lot of that, but it might just even just be chemistry. Like I was explaining chemistry to my teen son the other day and be like there really is chemistry between some people and there's really the opposite of it as well like some people just sort of are like they, they repel each other yeah they repel repel and so and you don't have to try to force those relationships nope. it's okay there's other people you can be friends with that will be natural yes. friends and and that that also doesn't mean that person's bad and you're good right like there doesn't always have to be a villain and a hero in every situation that's right everybody is a villain and a hero We all have good. We all have bad. We all have qualities that God has given us that make us really great at certain things and really bad at other things. And so to not make it that, like, well, if if that person, if I don't like that person, then they are bad. That means I am good. Or if that person says I am bad, then they, you know, like Mm -hmm. we, it's, it doesn't, and you don't always have to be the good guy. Like sometimes you are the villain. (laughs) Yeah. That's and that's okay to podcast. know that about yourself. Yeah. And and to figure out why. I mean, well, this poor mom, I'll tell you, this is a good example of 
sometimes, and I feel like this happens a lot in sitcoms where it's like someone will be, um, I don't know, just like they're always, they always seem to be the one that's like in a bad mood or yep. you, they're always the one that's angry or doing, saying the hard things. And in reality, um, at the school where my kids go, I, was, I used to be in a leadership position there and for a while. And there's this other mama who just based on sheer coincidence, coincidence of events and timing and the fact that I was at the tip of the spear for for saying hard things or whatever, the only interaction this poor mama had with me was when I was upset and when I was doing a hard thing. And so I am sure that she, that I am a villain to mm-hmm. this person because I was disappointed. I was, I had to say hard things. I was, I didn't agree with certain things and had to say hard things. Like it, that's the only, literally the only interaction she so has with hard. me. And, and that's hard for me yeah. too, to know that there's someone that's like, oh, her. Yeah. yeah. She's bleepity bleep. Yeah. She's crazy. Like she's always mad. And it's like, no, I'm not. It just sheer coincidence happened to be that you were on the receiving end of what I had to make certain calls. I had to set up certain healthy boundaries in some cases. And I I don't even know how to, you know, it's like you can't even explain it. No, you you can't can't. even explain it. I always joke and say like, you know, there's always going to people like I know I have arch nemesis, you know, like in (laughs) Phineas and Ferb, there's like arch nemesis, Um, you know, Mm -hmm. it, Dr. Doofenshmirtz and Plary the Platypus. Like there, <laughs> I I know there are people in my sphere who do not like me, who think I am a bad person, who oh yeah, who and that has to be their narrative. Mm-hmm. And that's I have for a long time that would have crushed me, yeah. and I would have laid down like a doormat and let them walk all done whatever I could, whatever I could to make them like me. Yeah. And now I'm just like. That is their choice. It is their choice. And their view of me is their choice. I can't change it and I can't Mm -hmm. make it better or worse. And so I can only live in my reality. And that's, you know, I know there's, there's a myriad. I'm sure there's a lot of people who, when they think, what is the worst Christian you've ever met in your life? I'm the top oh, of their list. And you know what? Okay. I, I Okay. That can be their choice because, right. because it, is, uh, it is not worth mm-hmm. the energy and the bandwidth and to change that narrative for them. That's the narrative they have to have for me. Okay. It right. doesn't affect – I'm telling you, this is when I know counseling is going well for me. Mm-hmm. I can say with a completely clear mind and heart, it does not affect me mm-hmm. whatsoever. Yeah, that's amazing. I don't know if I could claim that yet, but I do. I just remember that not, like we are all, it's like the Bible verse that I don't remember where it's from. Terrible. I, I know what they say, but I don't know where they're, what the Bible verse is. But it's like all have sinned. Oof. People are short of the glory of God. Right. And... God doesn't say this one sinned a lot more than this mm-hmm. one. And so, I mean, he does say things like the last shall be first, the first shall be last. Yes. He talks about 
bigger crowns and stuff like that. I think that I'll be happy with a corner plot and maybe a crown with one yeah. jewel in it. But I'm like, do you know what I mean? Like, that's not mine. We're not. Even. We are not a, allowed in in the grand scheme of things to to give each other points or Amen. a number or how bad you are compared to how bad yep. I am or that my poop smells worse than yours. Because like, you should really be focusing on yourself. Yeah. Like there's... Well, and who are we to do that? Like yeah. who are we to cast the first stone? Like... Amen, sister. Or which size stone? Or... Yeah. Your dad gave me the best analogy I remember because I always struggled with that because I'm a people... Again, my narrative is I just want to be loved and needed mm-hmm. deeply just wanting to be accepted. And so when I found Christianity, Christianity found me, and I realized that the creator of the universe loved me, I wanted to be perfect for him. I wanted to, mm-hmm. you know, prove. Mm-hmm. And I remember one day I was in the shop at your dad's, and he sat down, we were sitting down, and I was expressing that to him in some way in my 17 year old brain or, and, and I was talking to him and I was just like, Papa D, I just, I want to be worthy. And he smiled and he said, you aren't honey. That's why it's such a beautiful gift. And I said, mm. but in heaven, I just, I want to, I want to see my, you know, I just want to be worthy. And he said, the thing about heaven is that he says our cup will overflow. Our cup will overflow. He said, you know what? Some of us are going to have a shot glass. Some of us are going to have a punch bowl. Some of us are going to have a pitcher. Some of us are going to have a coffee mug. Some of us are going to have a wine glass. Some of us are going to have a pint glass. The that doesn't the cup's not what matters, Amber. It's that it overflows. So you can't you can't be you cannot you will be quenched in your in your shot glass, in your pitcher, because it's going to be overflowing. It's mm. never going to stop. It's overflowing. I love that. And it changed me in mm. my core because it clicked that it wasn't about me. Mm. I'm a little shot glass. I'm happy to be mm. a shot glass. I'm a thimble. Yes. And I <laughs> I, I am too. I, it's not the size. I'm happy it's with the my thimble. overflowing. Yeah. The overflowing. Mm-hmm. And that's... So if that person wants to say that I'm the worst Christian, better believe it, sister. Exactly. You better believe it, I am. You see the nice version. I, that's what I, I that's say. That's my favorite line <laughs> that you've said. You, you, I am. That's and my the edited teeny, version. My teeny little mouse thimble, a right. thimble a mouse would use, will still be overflowing because yeah. of, not because of and me, but because, not because of, of the, anything that because we did. Of the grace of God, because it's cup doesn't matter. It's the overflowing that matters. Right. Hallelujah. I right. just it's preached on you It's not because I all. did anything. That's right. You did. Take us to church. Um, it's all what Jesus did. Yes. All, what, it's that not God about us. us. It's nothing to do with us. And when right. we make it about the cup, we are in trouble. Every time we, and that's what we want to do, right? As people, we want to just keep looking at my cup is bigger than your cup. My cup is bigger than yours. <laughs> yeah, like who cares? You know, like in the grand yeah. scheme of things. Right. And then the final one just kind of bleeds into that, grow into greater emotional and spiritual maturity. That's sanctification. Mm. That's that constant knowledge of it's not about the cup. There is 
someone shooting either fireworks or guns, and either's possible in Maine. Either. I'm pretty sure that'll be get picked up in the background. Do you guys all hear that? I'm sure they hear it. Yeah. <laughs> that is so that's growth and maturity, right? Emotional mm-hmm. maturity, physical maturity, spiritual maturity. I feel like I'm one of those people that will never really advance in oh, that you department. Are so stupid. I'm gonna speak into that right now because I've known you mm-hmm. since you were ten years old. We have known each other since we were like eight or ten. I can never quite put my finger on it. <laughs> Somewhere in there, a long time ago. I've known you ago. in the nineteen hundreds. In the nineteen hundreds. Peter and I often remark of the difference that you are from when we first got married to now. Mm. Like your maturity, your ability to, the fact that you say, yep, I'm the worst. You see my good side. You would have never breathed those words. Never breathed those words in the 1900s. <laughs> in the 1900s. That's true. I was you too proud. You are so humble. You receive criticism. I mean, how many of our fights when we were in the 1900s in our, you know, in our mm-hmm. college years was either you not being able to receive feedback or me not being able to receive feedback. Yeah. That was not like, and now we receive, <laughs> I'm like, we are receive the feedback all, all, all the, the time. time. <laughs> but that's because we mm-hmm. have grown. I think sometimes we don't give ourselves enough credit. We can get down in the dumps and... You know, see our messiness. I tell my kindergartners we have morning journals. And one day, so it's the calendar. I cut it out and I glue it inside their morning journal. It's September, October. Mm -hmm. And we practice our numbers in it. And if they're trying to practice their name, they open it up. And um, one little boy, very perceptive, very much like me. I like him a lot. He said, Mrs. Small. This is so messy because I didn't know what I was doing. Do do we get a new one? And Aww. I said, you do. You're going to get a new one every month. And at the end of the year, you get to take this journal home and you will be able to see how you have grown. Mm. You will be able to see how your numbers are more beautiful. Your handwriting was better. And I said, look. And I turned to the first page. Look at your number two on that page. And then I skipped to the last page we just did. Look at your number two on that page. Oh, Mrs. Small, it's so much better. Mm. That's right. Because you are growing and changing. And sometimes you can't see that because you're just living your day. You're just getting up in the morning and you're doing your devotions and you're trying to survive the day and you're trying to survive the babies, trying to survive the teenagers and all of the things and the to-do list that you don't have the sense to see how far you've actually come. Mm -hmm. We don't... We don't see how much we've actually grown and matured and mm. and the hard stuff that we've had to gone through to get there. That's, mm. you know, that there is the hard, the messes. Yep, his September is really messy because he never had done a calendar before mm-hmm. in his whole little life as mm. a little boy. But by June, <laughs> when we get to June, he will have done so many calendars and it will be beautiful and there probably will be no mistakes. And he will be able to see that he has grown. And we're the same way. We're the exact same way. And we just don't give ourselves enough it's true. grace. It is true. So Henry, it was really cute. That reminded me. Just today, when he started soccer, the, my family, we have a lot of gifts, but running is not one of them. That is We fair. do not run. We're, we're not runners. Nobody really in my family. Uh, well, with the exception of one of my sisters. But... Uh, 
I think that was more because she had like fire coming out of her body. Like, yes, I think so as well. Yeah. But like, so he uh, was really struggling emotionally with the running part. He was like, you know, why do we have to run two miles uh, at practice just to be able to, I was like, well, you actually run like between three and 10 miles in a soccer game when you really are playing hard, like at Sam's level. And he started when he was your age too. I was like, when you're at high school level, you're running miles Mm -hmm. on that field. And so you need to be conditioned and ready. And so you got to start, you know, after a a summer of getting all squishy, you got to, so she's doing the right thing. You just got to trust your coach. But he just couldn't handle it. I mean, like he really, he did it. But he would bemoan it and just kind of curse it and everything. And today, and it's been a month. It's been a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, resentment for the running. He's like, "Mom, today I ran a mile and a half, easy. It was easy." And I was just like, "Buddy, that is so awesome. You're you're getting stronger. Yes, your body." And your mind and all the things are getting strong and you're getting ready. And like, that's an advancement. It's a moving forward. Like, it's so cool. And he was so pumped. Like, yeah, he was like that first one, that first lap. I didn't even think about it. And I probably ran it in like four minutes. I was like, I bet you did. Like, I bet you just flew. And so that is, it's true. Like we don't, it's hard when you're in it, when you're actually Mm. running, when you're actually starting, when you're. When you see a problem in your life, when you in your heart, in your that's not right, or that you're yes. working towards a goal, and you're like, I'm so bad at this, <laughs> but you keep doing it, like the journal. Every day, you just make one little push, one little entry. One by the end of the year, you're going to have a whole year of entries. You're going to have a whole year of advancing, of practicing, of repetition of whatever it is. And even for our heart space, if we have devotions every day and we commit to 10 minutes a day of being quiet with the Lord, by the end of the year, compound all those minutes and compound all that time where you were spending time like examining your heart, looking at yourself and being like, wow, I am really dark. I am really struggling right now. And God is like showing me this. And he's like, Holding it up in front of me and being like, do you like what you see in the mirror? <laughs> right. No, <laughs> I don't. I can't seem to help it. He can, though. You know, it's right. like, I mean, in true veil of honesty, like, I swear so much in my head. You swear. I just let it out. You just let it out. Yeah. But I, I, Not on this podcast. Not on the podcast. We keep it clean here, folks. But, except <laughs> for the burping. But... That's a darkness in my heart that I don't love and that God is, he convicts me about it and being like, I don't like that even in your heart space. I don't like that. I want you to change. I want you to clean it up. And so it's like working on that in even just that's the internal thing that's happening that no one else knows about that you don't have to tell anybody. You know, it's like, I don't have to, I can tell you, well, I'm telling everybody, but it's, it's, it's that those little struggles where you're like, just and I think that's pushing the realness that I'm talking about. Like you, no one needs to know the dark secrets, but they need to know that we all have dark secrets, so that you do not feel like you're an island. Right? You need to know that all believers, there's no one perfect, not one, but Christ. And so you, 
and there's a freedom in that. There's a freedom in being to, for knowing that you need Christ. Like there's a freedom in that. Like I don't. Right. And knowing that he will forgive us and he will help us and he will guide us and his word is real and, and useful. You know, I think that those are the things that we struggle with. So like when I'm in public and I'm around non-believers, I'm not the perfect example. And sometimes I do curse or I'm obnoxious or I'm rude. And so then that people go, oh, Amber's a Christian? I could say, yeah, I'm not a very good one. And here's <laughs> here's here's why. But guess what? I'm still going to be in heaven. <laughs> still annoying you probably. Right. But you know, like, I think that there's this, like, there's this weird sidebar. I just think there's this weird thing that, like, we're somehow supposed to be the example for Christ. Like, put out your best foot because you're Jesus. And it's like, I think that actually we are, are, but we just, but we, God knows that we can't. Right. So. Well, we're not. We're not. You can't be. You can't. Well, not, but you I, can be, well, you, you can, can reflect him. Right, you can reflect, reflect him. him by saying, yeah. oh, I just stepped in it. Right. You can reflect his humility. You can reflect his right. countenance. You can reflect his, you can try to do the best. And when you fail, confess it. Yeah. But you. Or you, just say that, I know that I'm saved. That's all I've got. Like, yeah. I'm a hot mess, but I'm saved. And if you're a hot mess listening to this and you don't know Jesus, literally you can come to know him by being like, I believe I need a savior and I believe that Jesus is it. It. Like, that's it. And should you start to clean your life up if you're a hot, hot, hot mess or if you're living in like these dark places? Yeah. But. But it won't be in your own strength. But it's not going to. And it's not because of that thing as the reason. It's just because you're going to want to do the things that reflect God. I think that sometimes we put on this like shiny glow around us like we're perfect everything's perfect if you have Jesus you must be perfect it's actually like no actually we need Jesus because we're not perfect well and I I almost feel like the more that's where our maturity comes in the more and more we see who Christ is the more and more we see how lowly we are and how much more and more we need Christ like Mm. my pride the more I was very prideful like I really believed I had found it. Like I had found the missing link and I was better than most people. And now as a 44-year-old, I'm looking at myself and I'm like, oh, you silly thing. Like Mm -hmm. the more I grow in Christ, the more I grow as a woman, the more I see how much I need community, how much I don't know what I'm doing, how much more I need to just be – pride is the least thing on my – like I was asked to help somebody and I'm like – sure I'm the person for the job like you know like Mm -hmm. I have no feats of strength there's no feats of strength in here like I I'm all out of hat tricks yeah like I got no tap dance for you people this is all I have you know and that is that's my maturity because before I would have tap danced until I Mm. fell fell down or just felt wicked sorry for yourself because you couldn't be you know, that perfect whatever for everybody to make everybody oh, happy. I used and... to, I was, I was the definition of a doormat. I would have mm. done anything for anyone to just feel that I was deserving. And as I've grown and matured, I'm realizing 
I don't need that. I need the love of God and that's it. And mm-hmm. that's what will fulfill me. And if I, if you want to join my life and you're going to be kind and we're going to press into each other and it's going to be a mutual, I'm all in. Let's have a party. But if you are unwilling mm-hmm. and you're going to want to use me as a punching bag or a doormat, I'm uninterested. Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I feel right. I feel that. I feel I'm good. So it's like, you know, it's like the the boys in the car thank you for your opinion so how so how was soccer today like i just have nothing you know i'm unwilling to participate in those narratives yeah i'm i would say that i'm just beginning to learn how to exit that kind of situation with grace yeah i want to get to the place where i could do that gracefully i have met people that are so sweet and gracious even when i can tell that they're uninterested yeah and i'm like oh i really love that how did they do that because for me, I just sort of stand there awkwardly and being like, so, okay, bye. <laughs> and there are still people that I struggle with. Like, I mean, you've seen me where like I literally, my anxiety is at 100. But I am working in my therapy and I'm learning about those things. And I do think there will be a day where, you know, I was talking to my therapist last week and I said, will there be a day that if I saw this person or that person or my mother walk through Walmart or Target, it would just be like any other stranger that I could just walk by and it would, Mm. it would just be, and she said, yeah, that you can get to that place Mm. because there's an understanding of who that person is and there's an amount of respect and dignity of their human being with suffering of their own, but there's enough of a boundary there that it doesn't, that doesn't even affect me. Yeah, that'll be great. That'll be, be so amazing. Good. Really, hopefully, given I will your still history, be alive. that'll be. <laughs> hopefully, you'll still be alive. Yeah, I won't be. I'll be like ninety. I'll be Cecilia passing out the bulletins, and I'll be like, "Yep." I like know. I just won't. I feel like once I get to the door of heaven, I'll be like, "I'm sorry." <laughs> like that's what I'll have to say. But just like my dad would say, who yeah. he he daydream. Both my parents are excited about heaven and I am too actually I'm like I'm tired I could see why you know in the 1800s people worked their it's a mouse again I swear our they, mouse yes I love you saw yeah mm-hmm. we have a mouse we should name him although we shouldn't name him because he's gonna die because Kurt put tons of mouse traps over there in the other part of the barn and we caught one the other day little field mouse I love them have one go in your bed when you're a little girl and see if you still like them. No, I don't want one in my bed. Yep, that's what happened to me as a child. Yeah, I know you said that. Okay, I feel like we're coming to a natural end. A natural end. Guys, you can do hard things. We can all change. I would challenge all of you to think of these four things and journal about them, about what you're good at, which ones you think you struggle the most with, which ones are there some that you're... Read them again just to end us. I'm going to. So connecting with others separating from others in healthy ways understanding the good and the bad in ourselves and others take that ship out of your eye and grow into greater emotional and spiritual maturity being self-aware I think is kind of what that means like being willing to look at yourself and see where you need to grow and pursue that challenging yourself both spiritually and emotionally so good. So good. Bye, guys. Hello. Hello.
If you think of anyone, your mother, your sister, your bestie, your mailman, uh, the person who watches your kids after school, just share this podcast today with a friend and we would be so, so grateful. Thanks, guys. Bye.